Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson, and um, we are so sorry. We are going to go over the film of the Cowboys game. <laughs> what did I text you, man? I said, are we going to do a film review? <clears throat> because I didn't really yeah, want to watch the and, film again. Nope, you didn't. But um, here's, here's how we're going to do this to make this, um, I don't know, palatable, make it uh, Relevant. more... Re- relevance a good word. Relevance the the correct word, even. Um, we're going to look at the offense through the lens of like, how is Sam doing, right? That is the yeah. most important question. So what's the offense doing for Sam? What is Sam doing for the offense? Uh, as we start kind of the evaluation process of looking forward to the offseason and figuring out exactly what they've got in Ashburn for this team. 
Defensively, we're going to look at why they fired Jack Del Rio, uh, for like for for lack of a a more you know delicate way to put that. Um, but like, what are the problems that happened in Dallas that were the end of the snowball? Where Ron Rivera decided afterwards, like this this is the end. We can't do this anymore. Um, and and in fact, Logan, because that is probably the bigger headline. Let's start there. So they sure. give up. You know, over 400 yards. They, they, there's inevitability that that there was to it. It just felt like no matter what, Dallas was going to score. There's no better example of this than their first touchdown drive. They start in the shadow of their own end zone. They complete this beautiful ball from Dak to Ferguson down the seam over the outstretched arms of Cody Barton. They pick up a couple of penalties on that drive. They overcome them. And it's one of those drives that, like, in net yardage, they might have had over 100 yards in net yardage on right. that drive because they, they have, uh, you know penalty yards and then they they overcome that and they ultimately wind up in the end zone and that's the kind of day it was and that's the kind of days that they've been having so when you watch the tape like what more does it tell you than the the sheer numbers and the production already told us yeah I mean I think um, gosh man where to start so like in the first half of this game man like you know I I chart I've said it every week I chart red and green this is the most red that I've charted in the first half ever this season right it just guys not in good position guys not making plays like and it, it's tough man it was it was a tough watch in the first half so there wasn't a lot of good there and I just you know and it's funny because I don't think guys are this is this is something interesting and this is like one of the great paradoxes of watching this defense is I don't think the guys are bad I think you've got good football players I think you've got instinctive football players I'm just every time I'm watching it I'm like is this guy in a good position to be successful right so like I mean, we were texting a little bit over the weekend and there's a play where it's, um, you know, it's, it's this duo run, right. And it looks like Casey's supposed to have outside contain. And then, um, the guy runs for eight yards. And to me, it's like, is he, does he actually have outside contain here or is it the safety? And if the safety is supposed to have outside contain, why is he playing so deep? And it's just this really weird, every play is kind of like that, you know, where it's like, is this guy doing what he's supposed to do? Yes. And is he playing with correct technique? Maybe. But is that the is that is that maximizing what he does? And I think like when you watch the first half, I thought on the first drive, they did a good job getting off the field on third down in the first quarter. Like they got a little bit lucky, right? They had a uh, overthrow by Dak, which kind of sets it up. But, you know, 29 has a nice, um, nice coverage on the first third down there where, you know, he's in good phase. Everyone's covered up and you're like, okay, there's a good man to man down. But then you go to the next play, and that, that's the that's the sequence that starts that long drive, that first and ten. You talk about that Cody Barton play. First off, mm-hmm. kudos to Dallas. Like I just love when I see like fun offensive wrinkles. And again, we talked about how Dallas doesn't have like a ton of offensive wrinkles, but I thought this was pretty cool. Like they get in like a kind of a bunch. It's a tight trips, and they run all go special, right? And what I love about it is they had the slot receiver act like he's crossing, and so Cody has to settle for a second because the eyes are, are on this crossing route and then that, right. that guy kind of bounces back out and runs the, the vertical seam and it's enough to get Cody out of phase with the tight end and again Dak delivers a perfect ball but right love that and he's not even wrinkle. that far out of phase like right you know that's one of those where it's like it seems like a commander special where it's the ball's one inch over a guy's right. head and you know Dak Dak just puts that ball on a perfect trajectory because if he lofts it like the safeties are there Cody's in good position if it under throw it's a pick and instead, it just perfectly in the in the tight end's arms. Yeah, and I think um, you know you know we talked about Cody right there. Like obviously that's a tough play for him, but I think a guy you know we talked about guys building for the future or guys that had good games. Like Cody was a guy that stood out to me as a guy that 
played really well. I thought he did some really good stuff in coverage. You know, he's a good phase with receivers. I thought he made some nice fits in the run game. So I think a guy that deserves a little bit of a shout out as a guy that played consistent football and was graded pretty well by PFF. So I feel comfortable kind of saying that the next play again the next play golly we could do this all day but the next play is frustrating right they're in a cover two they've got a seven-man box it's an eight-man blocking surface in those blocking surfaces when you are playing two usually you do some type of scrape you do like a because you're accounting for you're short a gap right if you have eight blockers and seven defenders you're short a gap so what they'll do is they'll stunt the d-line and then they'll 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 position the linebackers in a way where you're trying to get that will linebacker to be free and so they run like basically a lead with the fullback and Jamin thinks he's got to spill it to Cody, but Cody also spills the fullback. They're both hitting the fullback essentially. And then they'll get the back bounces it out. So it's like somebody screwed that up. I don't know if Jamin's supposed to pick the, pick the fullback and Cody's supposed to scrape or Jamin's supposed to pick the fullback. Cody's supposed to scrape. And then, um, and then Kalik is supposed to scrape all the way over the top. I don't know. But again, that's a classic example of what are you supposed to be doing? Because I, I can see shades of a correct thing here, but obviously it's not the correct thing. And I think that's something you and I talked about quite a bit is, are you, is, is there just too much in? Like, cause you know, right. they're, they're in cover two, they run cover three, they play a little bit of man, they play six. And are you just not good at, are you just not maximizing those downs, you know, because you've got too much stuff right. going on. And I just feel like every single play until the third quarter had shades of that going on with it. So This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, no, and I think that's the thing where, to me, it does reflect back on coaching um, as opposed to like, oh, these players just aren't whatever. And you know, this is a bit of a sidebar, but we're going to take it real quick. I actually think that there, we have crossed a Rubicon of uh, talk about this defense that is uh, wrong. Like, I think people have gone from, at the beginning of the year, this is a talented group that's underperforming. Why can't they get more out of this team to, like, actually, we overrated the talent. This team, this, there's not actually that many good players on this defense. And I just think that's, like, I think that's wrong. Yeah. Um, because, like, I don't think John Allen is suddenly not a very good football player, not an impactful football player when used correctly. Deron Payne, same thing. Like, Jamin Davis, uh, you know, I, I think has shown that he's a very productive football player when he's in good positions um you know i don't think benjamin st juice can't play in the nfl he can't be a number one corner in the nfl in this scheme that's for sure but like it's it it, they've taken players who we know have talent who we know are good um and and made them so that they're not like they're negatively productive so that they actively hurt the team and so i i I think that's what I'm so fascinated by by these next couple of weeks uh, to kind of finish the sidebar before we get back to, you know, this game is if Ron super simplifies the scheme and it's like, let's get aligned. Let's make sure everyone is clear on like one thing they're supposed to do or two things, a pass, a pass responsibility and a run responsibility. Very, very clear. Go play. And we might not have all the best answers for everything, but at least everyone will be on the same page. I want to see how many guys played better. 
because yeah. that is really what these last couple of weeks are about is like, how do you evaluate the talent that you have? And I think in order to do that, you have to allow them to play fast and free. Now, I think part of the evaluation for the next you know, GM and the next personnel group is like, okay, well, we know we can't put them in something super complex. Like there are certain guys who can't handle it. And as they talk to players and kind of understand what happened, that's going to be part of the discussion. But I also just wonder like, did, did the coaching staff not either not respond to a couple of key guys in key places who messed up the communication or who couldn't handle the bigger load compared to some of the guys that have been here in the past, or was it coached so poorly from a detail standpoint um, that you that you have a bunch of confusion and to get back to the tape um, like there's there's a play that happens was it Jamin the one that you sent me that uh, yeah oh, it yeah. was Jamin yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. where it's like he should they want him to do this it would seem but also based off alignment and where his eyes are supposed to go he should be going the other way right and it's like sure if afterwards on tape if you're like hey man you need to you need to back off into this slant throwing window. But during the install period, it's like, hey, because you have a four week on this side, your eyes need to be going here. Right. And you taught him two different things at different times. No wonder guys are confused. And that's what it feels like has happened a lot. I know that was long winded, but I hope people understand that the main takeaway here is that you do have talented players, um, but they were often put in conflicting situations or unclear situations. And that is why ultimately Jack Del Rio is not here. Yeah, and I think like, you know, I think that's a great point. I think when you watch Dallas, it's like the total Dallas's defense. It's a total it's the total opposite of what the Commanders defense is. It's a group that they're extremely confident. And, you know, are they always playing with perfect technique? Do they drop guys in coverage? Yeah. But they're playing fast, they're playing confident. They know what they're doing, they know what their defensive identity is. And I think maybe the most important thing coming out of this game is they that coverage group is so so incredibly tied with the rush it's like they are they're inseparable and i think like they trust the rush so much in dallas because they can right that's the group that's number one in pressures in the nfl right they got guys like micah parsons and you say well why are they so good it's not micah parsons winning one-on-ones down in and down out it's dan quinn and that defensive staff i don't want to give dan all the credit because i don't know how it goes there but I know Dan's a smart guy. I know he's a former defensive line coach. And they are constantly looking for matchups and games and ways to create pressure with four, with five, with matchup, that there's a hunger and a desire. And we've talked about that that passion for perfection with regards to Kyle's offense and how they hunt for angles in the run game or McDaniels. You know, I started my uh, my Miami prep last night and it's it's a scary proposition, man, because that group is – they're starving for maximizing their guys. And when you watch Dallas, you see that. And I think that's something that – I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and I think Micah Parsons is excellent. I think he's an excellent football player. But I am pretty confident that if you put him in this scheme, I don't know if he's, he's like a 15-sack guy. I think he might be a 9-11-sack to 11 sack guy. Because when you just say, hey, win a one-on-one -on -one versus, you know, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata – name your tackle, it it doesn't happen. Even like when you watch like Nick Bosa, like I do a lot of D-line study. When you watch Nick Bosa and you're saying, hey, win, win a one-on-one versus Lane Johnson, he doesn't do it because Lane Johnson's that good. But the reason Micah gets so many advantages, he's, he's lined up against Tyler Larson for 20% of his snaps today. Oh, he's lined up against Chris Paul for a couple. Oh, he's, he's, he's on a crazy looping stunt where he's completely unblocked. That 
passion allows them this great coverage dexterity in the back end. And there are times in this game where we have to call attention to the fact that the coverage is good. Like there's a play, I forget, the, I think it's the third quarter, Kendall Fuller's in two-man, it's third and 11 or third and 12. He undercuts the dig, he plays the two-man perfectly. The rush doesn't get home, Dak extends the play, the receiver uncovers it into being a play, big play, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, Kendall's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But that's the rush. That's not being disciplined with the rush. And I think right. like that, even when the coverage was good, like good, like winning coverage, the rush wasn't there. And I can't be mad at the rush because they are literally like, hey, line up in the same position every single time and rush the passer. And I just think that is that's an unrealistic expectation in the NFL. Look at all the teams that with top flight pass rushers. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, name your guy. They are finding ways to maximize those guys, right? They play techniques. They play a defensive scheme that allows them to be aggressive. And you mentioned, um, you know, Payne and Allen and all these guys. I think there's a reason that they're not being overly successful is because they're literally just in, it's like, win this one-on-one, win it. And if you can't win it, like, what are we paying you for? And I don't think that's entirely fair. And so I think that to me was the big, like, Seeing Dallas do the, it, there's, the lack of pressure was crazy in this yeah. game. Like it was, the, it, this was probably the worst pass rush game that they've, had. and they've had some ineffective games. But there's been t- like New England, I don't hold against them because while Mac is terrible at basically everything else, he gets rid of the ball quickly. And they, like, they were pretty good about creating like pressures in the context of that. Yeah, right? here they're just, it just felt like Dak had a full pocket all day. I mean, they had 14 pressures in the game right. by uh, PFF's number. Like, that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing when you watch week to week in this league. And I think the other thing you see there is, like, there's not a lot of third downs. There's not a lot of third and longs. There's not a lot of opportunities for them to rush. And so you get guys, like, there's a play where they're in drop eight and Casey Twohill's in a four-eye. Andre Jones is in a four-eye. And they're looping out into this drop eight. And so there's no conceivable way that I expect them to win a rush where they're lined up over the guard they got to get outside the tackle and then start their rush. Like, that's just, they're not going to win, right? And the, whoever's playing those is not going to win because the second those guys leave, they're going to double team down on the nose and you're going to have this beautiful pocket. And that's what happens. And I think that's something that really, and, you know, Ron said in his presser, he's like, we're going to try and find ways to create more pressure with four, get better angles with four. And I think there's something to that. Like, I also coach offensive line. And one of the things that, that's tough about line stunts is you coach this, this pass protection angle and when you deviate the angle, that's when it gets really complicated. You know, when I'm when I'm changing my approach, and they just don't do that a lot here, and it's and it's tough. And we talked about this in the preview show. One of the things that's really definitive to me is that this offensive line is good. They are good in Dallas. Yeah. And so, what happens when you get a good offensive line is you got to do something to elevate. And I thought there were some times where they 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 made good pressures. Jamin Davis did an excellent job blitzing, creating pressure, but she did it three times out of 54 snaps and that's just not effective i don't think so i think that yeah. was that was the big takeaway for me is we can go through every single play but there's going to be plays where you're like man coverage was good rush was bad or the rush was good coverage was bad and they just never got synced in the way and it was so nice to watch dallas to watch how they do it because you're like that's the gold standard for how these groups should be working together yeah okay Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.